Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. We are back with Christina Bell, excited to have our licensed massage therapist and owner and operator of Spirit Hands, a massage and artistry uh, from Clear Lake, Iowa. Welcome back to the show today. How are you? Hi, Miss Jill. It's really good to be here. Thank you for having me and thank you to all the listeners, if there are any. <laughs> yeah, right. Hi, thank you so much. Pleasure to have you here, Christina. And for those new time listeners, let's talk a little about what you do specifically. Yes, I've been uh, licensed and certified to practice therapy massage and body work since 2007 so I offer a range of relaxation deep tissue massage techniques for overuse injury relaxation stress reduction uh, depression anxiety insomnia really benefit from massage there's prenatal manual lymphatic drainage lovely lovely massage there's a lot to it well great just want to start off also uh, spirit-hands.com is the website correct Yes, ma'am. Perfect. And we're going to talk today, well, uh, about a lot. I'm sure it's just going to, it's going to come to us. I know you mentioned a little bit about hydration, the importance of hydration, and you got me thinking, where's my water? Okay, yeah. Tell, talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind, to start. Sure. Yes. Well, we, um, there's that really big question about whether or not we need to drink extra water after a massage. It's a very common question. Um, and I like to remind people that um, the only one who can really advise you on proper hydration levels would be a nutritionist, a dietitian, maybe even your doctor. There's a lot of information you can actually find on Google yourself on, on how much water a person needs to be drinking. Um, it's actually a ridiculous amount. I think women are supposed to be drinking like 90 ounces or something, and men are supposed to be drinking 115 ounces. As a society, we, we tend to carry water bottles around with us we do i think a pretty good job of staying hydrated but as far as massage is concerned yes i'm going through your tissue i'm wringing out a lot of um, those hormones and the chemical byproducts so it does help wash your system clean and push those things out through the excretory system if you do have a little bit of extra water um but yeah, I personally, I, I have my own reservations about advising people on exactly how they need to change their diet. Water is good. You, you should be drinking it. Good job. Oh, well, I got it. And here I am. And But isn't there like a certain, how much your body weight is percentage to what you should be drinking? Uh, I, that's really taken the media by storm. Also, other factors is, uh, our climate, are we in a super um, humid environment or is it a very dry environment? Um, how often do you void in the bathroom? Your hydration levels, there's also the range of uh, gauging the color of your urine uh, to loosely determine how hydrated you may or may not be. But when some people have like swelling, fluid retention, edema, issues you really a person i do want them to talk to their doctor sooner than a massage therapist on what proper hydration is to you vaguely speaking um it is good to drink like a little extra water after massage uh but my biggest hang up is there's that misnomer people like to say it 
flushes the toxins out that I have a bone to pick with because massage does not, the body doesn't contain toxins per se, not as far as science determines a toxin is a poisonous substance that could kill an organism or grievously damage. The body doesn't have toxins. Massage doesn't release toxins. There's the natural byproduct of muscle contraction, calcium. That just, that's what we're wringing out. It's, it's natural. Just, yeah. Drink your water. Yeah. Keep moving. Yeah. Okay, we could do this. All right, good. What other advice do you have for us? Um, you know, some people will say they want a massage. When is it not a good idea to have a massage? Oh, yes. Oh, well, only really because it's summertime, I, I remind people we're getting sunburns. So don't come in for your massage if you've been out in the sun and you have a bit of a burn. Uh, the oil might seem like a good idea, but all the excess rubbing is only going to exacerbate it. Generally speaking, um, you might reconsider not having your massage if you've just eaten a big meal because that's going, all the blood is rushing to your stomach and we don't want to disrupt that natural process of digestion. Pushing on the low back when you're laying on a full belly is not relaxing at all. At all. Um, if you have just sustained an acute injury, people who, who just had like a car accident will call and say, I really hurt all over. Can I come in for a massage? And as much as I would like to help them, um, they are in an acute inflammatory stage and they need first aid, rest and ice before a massage, especially if there's been blunt force trauma to the head, um, that is actually not safe for up to like two weeks after a blunt force brain trauma injury. You should definitely wait because there are other risks and dangers like throwing a blood clot. You could have a stroke or an aneurysm. So acute injury isn't safe, concussion isn't safe. Uh, contagions like uh, a cold or a flu. I, I know with the body aches, people really desperately want to feel better. They think being touched and rubbed would help the flu go away. In fact, it's, it's going to push the germs even deeper back into your system. And it's going to not just make you twice as sick, but probably twice as long as well and not just communicate those germs elsewhere. Um, eczema, psoriasis, any kind of skin conditions that flare up when they're in the initial acute stage. People with skin conditions know when they want to be touched or not. Uh, cuts, scratches, abrasions, stitches. Yeah, if you've just had stitches, if you just had surgery, you're all swollen. Uh, we could, there's, hmm, I tell people uh, there's green lights, yellow lights, and red lights to massage. There are local contraindications and then systemic contraindications. That's why it's very important to be transparent about your current condition, your medical history, so that we can determine if it's a green light, yellow light, or red light. Um, Mike, I, if, if you just got out of surgery, mm -hmm. um, we can proceed cautiously. That's a yellow light. It uh, would be locally contraindicated wherever your sutures might be. We can massage everything else around it within a safe distance, but we're not going to address the site. Tattoos. People think, oh, it's been a week. I can come for a massage now. Not exactly, my friend. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but even after a week, topically, we think we're good to go. But underneath the dermis, there's still a lot going on. 
and it's healing, it's best to stay clear away from that area. We can massage everything else around it, but if it's like a huge back piece or a thigh piece, we're not going to want to touch it for up to a month to be on the safe side. So please be honest. We want to keep you safe. We want to keep your ink fresh and beautiful. We don't want to create any complications. I appreciate when people are excited to get their massage, but we want to do it responsibly and safely. Got it. Well, thank you for that. And also, um, you know, what about you physically? Like I have my arm ailments, which are getting better, but from overuse to your hands, are you in pain a lot? I mean, how do you prevent pain? Who's massaging the masseuse? Who's massaging you? Who's taking care of you? (laughs) (laughs) That's a beautiful question. Thank you. Yes. um, I'm always flattered when my clients ask after me, but I, (laughs) I tend to take care of myself. So, yes, um, can you believe when I was in trade school, we were actually warned that the average lifespan of a massage therapist professionally is five years. Yeah, that's scary. And lately, the new statistics are the average lifespan of a massage therapist is three years. Um, That comes from overuse, strain, and poor body mechanics. I've been doing this for 16 years. There are people who've been doing it for 20 and 30 years, um, and we have to pace ourselves. Uh, self-care is, so basically my hands, I take good care of them by not trying to produce artificial strength with my hands. Uh, we have to learn soft hands. They're, they're supple, they're relaxed. I'm using my weight. So that's what you're feeling when people want more or less pressure. It's not the strength coming from my hands per se as much as it is just my body weight and i'm leaning in in a very effective way uh so that's what determines the longevity of a profession and and how effective i am how how much i take care of myself and by taking yeah taking care of other people taking care of myself it's got um you yeah Well, um, if it hurts, don't do it. That's the first thing. Um, and who massages the massage therapist? Uh, I, I actually, <laughs> do you massage yourself? Do. Oh, okay, good. Because it's got to hurt you if you're massaging yourself. So, Well, I think um, I, over the episodes, I've shared a lot of uh, a fair amount of self-care techniques and tools because I take care of myself. Um, I tend to if something flares up for me, it's always on off hours or off days when nobody can help me. So I, I tend to take care of myself. I'm a big proponent of I know where it hurts and I know how to reach it. But it's so much better to have somebody else do it for you. Um, it's the one self-defeating thing about self-massage tools is you have to work and relax at the same time. And that's just not going to happen. So I do count on, I've got three to four of my colleagues. They all have very different techniques. They have very different philosophies. And depending on how I feel, you know, that's who I make the appointment with is I I just really want their style or I want something that's softer, more relaxing, or I want something that's more uh, trigger point oriented. I, it's good to know who's in the area. And even with my clients, I tell them, don't don't rely on just me. It's okay to have multiple massage therapists in your back pocket because we're also very different. We can do different things. And one might not be available at the time that you need us. Uh, I, I have no reservations about recommending out to my colleagues. Uh, it's great to have that network yeah. to know who your allies are. 
It so is. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Ah! All right. Well, um, bottom remind everyone, Christina, how we contact you. Yes. Spirit-hands.com. Uh, there's my my phone number. You can call or text. There's my email. Uh, I operate from Tuesdays through Saturdays, so I can help. And, um, yeah, I'm here just if you have basic questions, consultations, or if you know you're going to be passing through the Clear Lake area and want to schedule out, call ahead. Definitely, I'll do my best to get you in. Okay, awesome, awesome. And uh, you also mentioned you use hot stones sometimes for massages. What's What is that for? And just curious, compared to just um, heat, like explain the difference what the hot massage does. And then I know you also want to dive into a little bit about prenatal massage. Oh, gosh. Yes. So uh, hot stones massage therapy is very luxurious because, yes, you do have the added benefits of the heat, the weight of the stone, and then the tactile manipulation. Massage is great, but then the heat really promotes circulation. Like I said, we've got to like flush out those byproducts and bring in fresh oxygen and nutrients that only the blood carries. So the heat really softens the tissue. It warms it up. It gets that flow going. Um, and then I come in with my hands and do a little extra ring out, find those trigger points. I can get to them just a little bit faster. It's, it's so luxurious. Um, when people come for hot stones, I actually like to introduce them to the rocks before they're even on the table. I want them to see the stones. If you don't see them on TV or in a movie, a lot of um, pictures on the internet, you'll see that they are smooth black stones. They're basalt volcanic rocks, very different from, you can't just go out to the local stream and start hunting rocks because they don't have the same crystalline structure to retain heat the way that a basalt stone will. Um, being volcanic, it's exposed to intense heat and they, they hold that a lot longer. Hot stones truly, truly are hot. Uh, we're talking uh, over 100, 135 degrees Fahrenheit. Just depends on if the massage therapist, if we can't hold it in our hand, then it's not safe to apply to the client's skin. Um, and you'll notice there's difference between um, placement stones um, and then the, the moving massage stones. We have an array of techniques that we will use in your session. Um, it's really good to talk to your therapist about what you want out of your hot stone treatments. Um, if you are having those muscle aches or pains, or if you just want basic relaxation, if you like placement stones or not, I personally like to customize the session. Um, I had a client not too long ago. They had been hunting around for a while because they were in love with one massage therapist who retired and they couldn't find another hot stone technician to emulate what they were used to, what they really wanted. And so we sat down and we talked and we kind of dissected what was, because I, I knew this massage therapist before they retired. Um, so I was acquainted with them a little bit uh, to find out exactly what it is that the client wants so that I can cater the session to their needs. And and that's how you win new loyal customers is, is not getting stuck in a rut and doing what you want to do and what you know works, but listening and being sensitive and sympathetic to that. I like new challenges. Um, so uh, hot stones, again, um, probably want to reconsider 
rescheduling your hot stone massage. If you've had a recent injury, that inflammation is going to benefit more from cold stone therapy, ice cryotherapy, heat. Um, after a certain stage period, heat would be a good idea down the road, but not immediately. So again, with the sunburn injuries, uh, diabetes, you'll want to check with your doctor. History of blood clots, you're going to want to be honest about that. Um, and any kind of ports, medicine, patches, you don't want us bumping into that with the stones. Got it. All right. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. And then, you know, people, when you do a prenatal massage, let's talk about those that are uh, pregnant, right? Up until what month can you get one? And what are the benefits of that to the baby? And do you massage the belly or you stay away from the belly? <laughs> Just curious. Yes. Well, actually, I'm very, very interested because you've been a mama twice over. Did you ever venture to have a prenatal massage? No, I never did. I, I was just scared. I was scared to work out. I was scared to walk. I was scared to breathe. I mean, especially my first one. The second one came, and unfortunately, my mother was so sick with cancer. All, it was all about self-care to her, so I didn't even matter. But those are the things I never even thought of with the first one. I was just scared of everything as a new mom, not to get touched, not to walk, not to... <laughs> it was... Yeah, people have that anxiety, but... Um, yeah, and, and also what you can eat, what you can eat, sushi, yogurt, there's all kinds of information flying across the media. You're actually, that's that's very natural is to be fearful because it's not just yourself. It, I mean, we think we're invincible, but as soon as we're responsible for a baby, that's a new level of anxiety. But also that anxiety right there is what massage can help with because those hormones uh, the fight or flight, adrenaline, the baby is getting saturated in that. It's passing, it's in your system, it's in the baby's system. So if we can get you those endorphins and get you to calm out, then the baby can get calmed out too. Um, so lots of questions. I love the questions you ask, Miss Jill. Um, we pretty much advise ladies the first trimester is the most delicate trimester because the, the body is only catching on to what's happening and beginning to make adjustments. If anything is likely to go grievously wrong, it's most likely to happen during the first trimester and massage therapists really don't want to be one more factor. So it's it's best to know that the the egg has has safely planted and it's not going anywhere. Um, you can a lot of ladies don't even know that they're pregnant during the first trimester. Um, so I don't know. We we I hate to say it, but massage is is what am I trying to say? It's not so much ill advised or contraindicated. It's just. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm okay. losing my train of thought here. It happens. Um, Don't worry, Christina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we just, we want to know that you're safe and that, um, like, sports massage, definitely not recommended during the first trimester. A gentle, relaxing massage could be safe, but I always say err on the side of caution. Uh, so you can, massage is perfectly safe. Prenatal massage is perfectly safe. In fact, some doulas have massage therapists who will come, if it's like a home birth or, or in the tub, people will 
get massages during labor. Those are very brave souls. Um, when it's properly, ethically done, massages generally always safe. Um, there are two ways to go about a, a general prenatal massage. Um, there's the sideline position, using body pillows to accommodate the belly, to cushion between the knees and ankles. Also, there is prenatal body pillows that will uh, accommodate a prone face down position, which a lot of ladies are very excited to be able to sleep on their belly and to get a massage on their belly face down. Um, I used those massage pillows in the early part of my career. And mm -hmm. curiously enough, more often than not, being face down induced nausea for the young mamas that we it would have to interrupt the session and boot them off the table and resort to sideline position in the end anyway. That's just my professional experience is it's best just to default to the sideline and supine reclined position to administer massage. Yes, you had asked about a belly massage. Um, in fact, I think it's natural for mothers to caress their stomach. They know babies and their babies kicking. Um, it's not unusual for mamas to kick back a little bit. Um, yes, that's part of prenatal massage is there's lovely techniques as yeah, baby's in there and you want that soft, soothing touch, mm -hmm. the sounds, the relaxation. It's definitely beneficial. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of talk about ankles. In fact, some people, have you heard, um, advising against getting things like pedicures when you're pregnant. Have you heard that? No, I have not. I've heard about dyeing your that, hair, but pedicures. Well, that, that makes sense to me because of the chemical, okay, chemicals. But there's this, some people are saying to avoid pedicures when you're getting, when you're pregnant because of the dreaded ankle massage. Heaven forbid we should touch the ankles because reflexology points that correlate with the lower pelvis reside in the ankles. Um, I've got like super pregnant, do ready to burst mom is coming to me begging, can you induce labor? Please rub my ankles. <laughs> and I've, I gotta say, I've never successfully induced labor by hitting those reflexology points. Wow. Um, I've talked with my colleagues and likewise, they have never successfully induced labor people who are actually certified reflexologists, 20 plus years experience ha have not known that they have successfully induced labor. I think there are more realistic dangers to massaging the ankles that has nothing to do re with reflexology points. Um, again, it's important to have a massage therapist who knows how to ask the right kinds of questions and for you to communicate your health history. Because um, fluid retention, edema, a history of blood clots, particularly in the legs, deep vein thrombosis, when it comes to massaging the ankles, those are more realistic risks wow. with a prenatal massage on the ankles than I, I don't know if it's possible to induce labor um, by massaging the ankles. I say go to town. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. Well, thank you so much. We are out of time. How can we reach you? Ah, spirithands.com. That's spirit-hands.com. Um, 
Again, my name is Christina. You can call, text, or email. I'll do the best to help as much as I can. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much. And thank you again for being here. Spirit-hands.com? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Christina Bell. We appreciate your time today. As always, have a great day and even better week, right? We're going to have a better week. We didn't get to talk about the bad. We'll talk next week. Keep it positive today. Have a great day. Thank you. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.